Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hello, everyone. It's Perry here to let you know that this episode of The Collider Witching Hour is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership where you can watch, read, shop, and connect. Catch up on original series like Titans and starting November 29th, watch their newest adult animated series, Harley Quinn. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use the promo code Collider to start your free trial. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E. Use promo code COLLIDER to start your 14-day free trial. This code is valid through December 31st, 2019. This episode of The Witching Hour is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. episode of The Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemroff, and this is Haley Fouch. Welcome back. Sup? How you doing? Good, how are you? Oh my God, welcome back, yeah. 
It's, <laughs> it's incredible how the days just fly by. Um, as sad as I was to miss an episode of The Witching Hour, it looks like you were in good company. And oh, yes. uh, that Cabo trip was incredible. Good. I think... Uh, I, I don't know if a, a travel assignment for work is ever going to top bungee jumping. I feel like every single junket I do and every single, like, any kind of press opportunity I do has to have bungee jumping if it's going to compete with the Jumanji, the next level jump. Yeah. Mine wouldn't be that, <laughs> yeah. but I understand that feeling. Like, when we did the, the 19 Hours in Bangor trip, that was kind mm. of one where I was like, well, if you don't have... Stephen King surprises at the end, then kind of why are you even trying? That's the downside of having such like an incredible such luxuries. Yeah, well, <laughs> such luxuries, but like, I don't know, something that's like crazy high on the bucket list and then yeah. it happens and it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, like I would go bungee jumping every single junket if they had it. I, you know, that's a choice. <laughs> um, it's I'm, a choice not many on this trip made. No, I mean, even just if you were to do bungee jumping on every single trip, you know me, I'm not an optimist like you. I'm like, do you know how much that increases your odds of dying if you so, bungee jump that often? So does getting in a car every day. Something I also don't do. I don't even like to leave the house, you do, you do get in a car, Not though. every day. Not, not every day, no. Ideally, one day a week. <laughs> do you feel more comfortable with someone else being in control? In control of that car or you no absolutely someone else but that's because i know i'm a very bad driver okay it's it's not in my skill set i can't even walk without hurting myself (laughs) i'm the opposite with the car thing but i do walk and hurt myself so we're we're in line on that (laughs) it's sort of like i wouldn't do my own surgery because i know i'm not qualified I, i wouldn't go as far to say I wouldn't do my own surgery, but I think most things in my life come with the mentality of you, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Oh, that's, that's just like scientifically wrong. If you want something done right, go to an expert. Well, go to an ex. Yeah. Well, I I mean, expertise is something, something like if you have to go to school to become a doctor, that's something different. I'm not saying like, I'm going to go and like, (laughs) say like, screw all my doctor appointments. I'm going to take care of myself, but with like other things in in life, like little things, even like you know, you know, maybe I'm being querulous, but like even baking a pie, mine wouldn't be as good as if I went to a professional baker. No, that's fair. I think that mentality only applies to things that I know I'm fairly good at. <laughs> it's like if it was something, if it was something like tech wise in the apartment where something broke. Yeah, it's like I would just fix it myself. I wouldn't call someone to fix it for me. Yeah, I suppose it depends on what it was. Yeah. I mean, baking, fuck that. <laughs> like, no. I'm a obviously. pretty good baker, but I, actually, I know that other people do it better. So I'm a pretty good instructions follower. So I feel yeah. like if I was following, like, a very specific recipe, I could probably crush that cake. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I have no desire to bake a cake to begin with. And don't do it. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Are you going to make anything for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I usually um, kind of go all out, but I'm not sure this year. Go all out. How so? Like you make a full Thanksgiving spread? Yeah. That's very impressive. I enjoy it. My parents ordered in our bring-in spread like two weeks ago. (laughs) No one in my family cooks. It's not just me. None of us do. None of us do. Do you do uh, Black Friday shopping? No, never. No. I had a feeling you wouldn't. (laughs) What about about, uh, Cyber Monday? Uh, It happens, but I prefer not to. Okay. It's all a con, really, unless it was something you were going to buy anyway then you're actually wasting money. Um, so I, maybe, yes, that makes sense. But I think what I do is is not part of the con circuit, mm. if you know what I'm saying. So 
my dad and my sister, every single Friday after Thanksgiving, they would get up at like 5.30 in the morning and go to the mall. And I never, like, I'm not getting up that early to do that. (laughs) But then my local mall started opening Thursday night. And this is a couple of years ago at this point. So ever since that happened, after Thanksgiving dinner, I will go with them to the mall and buy some stuff. And, you know, it's not like I walk in with, like, a list of things that I've been thinking about all year. But we'll Mm -hmm. go into, like, American Eagle and I'll buy, like, a couple fresh pairs of jeans. But then I never buy jeans all year. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. That's like if I like if you're going to buy it anyway, then it's a good idea. Exactly. If I I use one specific sunscreen every day of my life, I know that I need to restock. I will buy that on Cyber Monday okay. because it'll be cheaper than any other day of the year. In theory, that's another thing that I know. Like, now the sales actually at other times a year can be better. than. I the... don't entirely. Yeah. Trust that mentality anymore yeah. either. It's all a con. I know. A con. It's OK. You just got to figure out how to navigate the cons. Uh, yes. But I will be purchasing some sunscreen. You know, so that's big, pretty exciting. You know, what my biggest Black Friday nightmare is. So for whatever reason, I'm sorry, Lonnie, but every single Black Friday, Lonnie needs a new winter coat. And that's oh. always the worst experience shopping. She'll always go into a department store that is freaking suffocating <laughs> with it. Because, like, I really do think that the crowds are less Thursday night than they are on Friday. But not in the damn coat section of the department store. And she has to look at a coat for over. Over an hour. It's incredible. No, I don't want any part I, of that. I don't get Gary. it. I don't want I don't any get part it. of that. No, neither do I. <laughs> I feel like this year, because usually I, I'm a sucker about it, and I'll go, and the coats are always in the basement, which means not only do I have to suffer through all this, but I don't even have cell service for it. No. I think I'm just going to find, like, a, like, I feel like I'm, I'm like the old man in this situation. I'm going to find a comfy couch upstairs, and I'm going to sit there until she's done. Classic move. Yeah. Classic move. There's a reason why there are old men doing that all the time. Because it's wise. I'm like, seriously, I'm like, almost like getting nauseous just at the thought of being in the coat section with her on Thursday night. I'm getting nauseous just hearing about it. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, let's move into some horror movie news. That's how we're going to start our show here today. So... We have an interesting lineup for you. We're going to talk about some of the latest news stories out there. We're going to talk about uh, something that might be available on digital this holiday. And we're also going to review the new show, the new Apple TV Plus show, Servant. We're going to split that up because on the 26th, right? I said the right Eighth. day. Or t- today's, we're recording on the 26th. The on the 28th. You will have the ability to watch the first three episodes of the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off with a non-spoiler review for anybody who wants to know if the show is worth their while. And then if you have watched it, we are going to shift into spoilers, which gives everybody who hasn't seen it an easy out at the end of the episode. But you are in the clear right now. First thing we want to talk about is this, uh, the the Jamie Lee Curtis quotes. Do you want to introduce that? Because I know you have some feels what? about this. I have them handy here. Yeah, I'm like, what? You don't throw Sorry. that on me. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so here's what went down. I'm looking at Dread Central in case I read anything from their piece like this. During a recent appearance on Cinema Blend's Real Blend podcast, Jamie Lee Curtis said, I'm not demanding children or saying they can't handle violence, but it's the 
truth, when I go out to talk about Halloween, even when I was doing book tours for books for children, I would have parents come. They will stand there with their five-year-old kid and say to me, my Bobby loves Halloween, don't you, Bobby? She added, and I look at them, and I have the meanest, meanest JLC, are you out of your fucking mind look of you are the worst human being on the planet that you would show your child Halloween. I have kind of a strong opinion, as you can tell, about when is correct and incorrect to expose a child to that stuff. So how do you feel about those quotes? Um, I, I actually maybe don't have the hot take you think I do. Oh, um, you, see, you seemed <laughs> eager to talk about this one. Uh, well, I think that five is probably too young. That's quite young. My best friend's son is five, and he's he's scared of just scary pictures, you know? But at the same time, he loves spooky, scary things as long as they're slightly age-appropriate. He watches Scooby-Doo stuff nonstop. Mm -hmm. He loves the Troll Hunters show, which is actually surprisingly scary at points. It can be. Uh, And he loved that when he was, like, three. I was impressed with, like, I was like, you're a little badass, dude. Um but you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't show that kid a slasher movie. That's said, Every kid has a different limit. I my my takes get more hot when we get into like twelve year old range. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, watch whatever you want as long as you can handle it. Because um, that's when I started watching yeah. whatever the hell I want, and I was totally fine. I was like, not. I didn't have nightmares. I wasn't messed up from it. It was like. I don't know, but also it depends on the kid. Like, I got exposed to death really young, so, like, yeah. I wasn't afraid of fake things on screen as much as I was real-life stuff. And, That's true. Um, I do remember seeing, you know, sometimes things are too young. I was I went to a sleepover when I was probably, like, nine or eight or something, and I saw the third uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is now one of my favorites, but it, like destroyed me for Mm. a year like that I had nightmares over because I I wasn't I had not had my real life experiences yet and Mm. I was quite young and my imagination did run very wild I had some nightmares I guess as a kid and like certain things that I maybe thought about but I was never like even watching horror movies way too young I was never wrecked by any of them Mm -hmm. like none ever really kept me up at night to the point that it became a problem I mean five also does sound ridiculous for Halloween but that's real young (laughs) and again I'll preface this with what I always say like do not trust me with with your child and what they should be watching I'm the worst judge of something like that all I can speak to is my my own experiences and you know I I saw my mom took me to see scream in the theater and I was way too young to be in that theater but that movie was a was a big deal to me and it wasn't just a matter of like oh my god look at this slasher and what he's doing on screen it was more so the fact that that's kind of what turned me into a horror movie lover I just like I I love the genre that was the movie that kind of paved the way to so many classics and you know not just the thrill of being in a movie theater seeing a movie that i shouldn't have been seeing that age but more an excitement about what you can accomplish in that genre i think that's where it all started for me so i kind of appreciate the fact that she took me to see it at that age because that was a very formative time for me as far as growing into the movie lover i would become and when i think about the movies that i saw around that time in my life a good deal of them still to this day are in my favorites of all time. Yeah, same. I mean, I guess I always think we were older when that came out than we really we were. We were not. We were not. We were not. Um, but we weren't five. I was I was single digits 
at that point. Um, where are you? Do I have your birth year wrong? Possibly. <laughs> but, I, I definitely was, though. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I saw that the year it came out, and I was obsessed with it. Me and my cousin memorized the whole movie, um, watching it over and over and over again. Like, literally just drove my father insane. And I didn't have any nightmares from that or anything. I, I think the stuff that did give me nightmares was more fantastical. Like, I don't know. Um, Wait, do you have any examples? Now I'm curious. Well, yeah, like, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, Freddy Krueger could do anything, right? Because he's in Pretty your much. mind. Yes, he can. So that got in my head, I think, more than, like, some teenagers stabbing people. Okay. Um, and, like, I watched... Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. I watched uh, I Know What You Can Do. Yeah. I Know What You Can Do last summer. <laughs> that's, that's some sort of, like, weird spinoff there. Maybe maybe today's today. I just <laughs> hang like, it up. I don't like know. It's like a twist on the genre where it's like someone said, someone would be, go up to the killer and be like, I know you can do this, <laughs> but should you do this? Well, I appreciate the also the, the, the sort of, like, time travel required for that sentence. I Know What You Can Do last summer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, but like that didn't that didn't bother me. No, I watched that with my dad, like just hanging out. My <laughs> mom took a group of my friends to see that. Yeah, she's she was the best. And my like, dad was not cool. Like <laughs> once I got into it, it's like the fact that she indulged me. I like I was a freaking. I was like a kid in candy shop whenever she would take me to see a horror movie. But last time we talked about this, you were the one who was more more in line with the idea that you need to protect children. So I'm a little confused. was I really? Yeah. Like, you thought that um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was too intense for PG-13. Well, I mean, not necessarily advocating for protection, because I can't wait. Like, my niece is not even a year (laughs) old, and I'm already, you know, she's out of my lap and watched Final Destination. I've been told that they can't see specifics, though. It's more like colors on the screen, so it doesn't make a difference now. But um, not necessarily seeing that movie and advocating for protection and saying, like, a parent shouldn't see that. But I do think if, you know... Like you have a sensitive child, it, it's worth uh, a worth a fair warning that there's some fairly eerie imagery in that one, or at least it got it went to more intense places than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. So just in case anybody is walking into it with that same mentality, they don't want to be surprised. I see. Yeah. I see. I wasn't because like for me, PG thirteen is like that's exactly right. To yeah. Me. Um, if I was 13, that movie would not have affected I also, me at all. I have a very warped sense of what is okay for a 13-year-old because, it, like, again, I was watching these movies from a very, very young age. And, you know, even my little cousins, they're not they're not that age yet. They're, they're nine and seven. So it's like that's, in, a, in my personal life at least, that's my best way to gauge what's okay for a tiny child is watching them and how they sure. react to certain things. <laughs> so I don't know. Basically, this is not... This is not podcast, you know, review recommendations for children. We're doing our best. Oh, I would be the last person to ask yeah. for that information. Yes. Uh, as, as would I. Low for as would I. Uh, no, I mean, like, uh, I think that she's being a bit extreme in the you're the worst fucking person in the world or whatever. Um, but also, five is really young. <laughs> like... I won't lie. That's super duper young. That's su- yeah. Like when I think about Ripley, who is five right now. Ooh, I wish I hadn't said his name on air. But um, it just like that's I would never show him something like that because he would freak out. Okay. And he he'll go around going, "I love scary. I love scary." And he does. And like when he saw my little um, 
Pennywise mm. doll that I had bought on Halloween, just like a silly little thing. Uh, he was so excited about it because it was a scary clown, and he mm. loves scary. <laughs> like we had to explain to him that he was not eating a chocolate bar; he was eating a human arm, and he was like, "Why?" Because he's in that phase. <laughs> and oh, you're like, "All right, all right." He's a space clown who eats people. Why? <laughs> Does they taste good to him? Why? Oh, I can't wait to have these conversations. Yeah, they're really fun and tiring. And also you were like, wow, I need to be a more creative human. Yeah. Because I can't answer that question. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know. I, would, I still, as much as he was excited to talk about a space clown that eats people, I would never show him it. Totally different. Will you eventually show him killer clowns from outer space? <laughs> Yeah, but not Sounds like that's a, that's a subgenre. <laughs> I think all spooky things are a subgenre. Space clowns. Space why clowns. aren't we? Why don't we have more space clowns? Uh, do you think that they just got like why is claimed? Like there should be a, a movie that's flat out just called Space, space clowns. clowns. I think that's a really easy sell. Probably. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal. Not gonna lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some Rum Haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Hey, everyone. It's Perry here to let you know that this episode of The Witching Hour is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for us DC fans who want to watch DC movies and shows, read our favorite DC comic books, shop exclusive merchandise, and connect with other fans. DC Universe is home to original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, Young Justice Outsiders, and starting November 29th, Harley Quinn featuring Kaylee Cuoco. This adult animated series follows Harley as she breaks things off with the Joker. Will she be the newly liberated Queen Pin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes on Fridays to find out. And if you love comic books, DC Universe is the place for you. Get access to over 20,000 digital comics all at your fingertips. This includes classic titles like The Dark Knight Returns, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Kingdom Come, and also All-Star Superman, as well as today's hottest books. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with the service. Watch new animated films like Batman, Hush, and Reign of Superman. You can enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD like Aquaman and Batman Beyond. You can binge watch fan favorite DC series like Constantine and Birds of Prey. And also watch classic DC movies like Batman, Batman Returns, 
and Superman. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. And with this special 14-day free trial promo code, now is really the ideal time to experience the Ultimate DC membership. All you got to do is visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use the promo code Collider to start your free trial. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E. Use promo code Collider to start your 14-day free trial. This code is valid through December 31st, 2019. This episode of The Witching Hour is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. Um, I also think that I'm, I'm curious to actually listen to the full episode and hear her tone yeah. as she says this because it sounds like, you know, I, I think she very much believes in what she's saying, but I imagine it's said in, in a joking fashion, you know, like you're yeah. out of your fucking mind type thing. But I agree. I also need to listen to this episode because I think uh, the Real Blend podcast does some very good, insightful interviews. So they're oh. worth listening to in full if you haven't checked them out. I have not. Um, any more thoughts on babies watching horror movies or should we move on to Flanagan? Um, I guess, like, just want to reiterate, they're your kids. Raise them appropriately to your values. Don't listen to us. Don't listen to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, don't be abusive if your values are abusive but like they're your kids take care of them Mm -hmm. in the way that feels good to you as a parent yep and again if that's abuse then you suck and that's not what i'm talking about so don't get carried away internet (laughs) i think that was a good conclusion there (laughs) all right so this next story we're going to talk about here is is a mike flanagan story and i like this story because apparently he has a pitch for a new nightmare on elm street movie which i think is inevitable so this report, I believe, uh, did I say my last one came from Dread Central? I think this one also is Dread Central. Yes, it is. All right. Hello. So, uh, Dr. Sleep, Haunting of Hill House director Mike Flanagan says he has a pitch he'd like to present for this. He tweeted, he, he tweeted, put me in, coach. I've got a pitch. So, I guess someone had asked him about Nightmare on Elm Street or something oh, no, to so that effect. This is, I know what this is. This isn't a Dread Central story. This is just Mike Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, just, on Twitter. I'm yeah. just, just because I'm, I'm reading from their article, I don't okay. want anyone to get the impression that, okay. you know, th- these are my words. It wasn't that uh, someone, as far as I recall, but it wasn't that someone <clears throat> asked him. It's that he saw a link to a bloody, disgusting article and then replied to it and said, put me in, coach. I would. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's no context here. Um, <laughs> well, I'm happy he's got, got a pitch. Yeah. I think he would be great to direct. I, I think he would be great to direct anything at this point. I think he is like Obviously, I have Mike Flanagan films that I like more than others, but I think pretty much every single thing I've seen from him is at a certain level, if not above, and he has proven time and time again he is an extremely capable director. I'm very much attached to that franchise, and I wouldn't mind having it in his hands. Yeah, I'm like of two minds about it because I think he's really talented and I think he's really heartfelt and passionate and um, can be quite spectacular. But what I've always enjoyed with him are not necessarily the 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 tones or imagery or themes that I, I personally love in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which mm-hmm. is that they're they're sort of crass and occasionally cruel and really goofy and strange and, and um, surreal. And I find that he does his best work with quite serious material. So I I find it an interesting mix. And not to say that I wouldn't want to see it, but it doesn't, like, in my mind, I can't 
immediately see how that works. Do examples come to mind of material he's worked with that is more in line with Nightmare? Like, even if they're just parts of a whole? Like, Um, where he's gone into sillier territory like that? Silly, no. I suppose he played with dreams and before I wake. Yeah. Uh, But his his movies have always been Been, pretty serious, rooted in trauma and and looking to explore pretty heavy issues. It's true, and I think he's very good at that. But the fact that I've never seen him do otherwise makes me even more curious to see what he'd be able to do with this. Yeah. Again, it's not that I don't want to see it. It's just that I don't immediately see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, when he says that, I don't go, that's the perfect fit. Um, But I would love to see him try to flex different filmmaking muscles. Do you have anyone that you think is the perfect fit? Mm, That's tough. Who has that sort of goofy sense of humor? (laughs) So this is the opposite of that, but like... I'm very into right now putting Ari Aster's name on everything, <laughs> but it's like, could you imagine how fucked up an Ari Aster directed Nightmare on Elm Street would be? I would, I would love to. I see think that. I would love that too. I I love both of Ari Aster's films and um, or Robert I, Eggers. I, I think that <laughs> Robert Eggers. I think that Midsummer showed a really keen sense of humor that that could work. Um, I don't That's really look really at funny. that as Nightmare on Elm Street humor, but I would like to see the two merge together. I mean, if you look at Will Pol- Poulter's character, there's some pretty juvenile humor in there. That's fair. And a lot of the, the nightmare humor is pretty juvenile. It is. Um that's really funny. I never would have pulled that, but now I'm kind of obsessed with it. I also <laughs> like just the idea of what he would visually do with it yeah. is, is quite something. That's something that really appeals to me. Oh gosh. You know, it's probably just because we're, like, just discussing Godzilla, but I feel like Adam Wingard has that right sense of humor and um, right sense That's of kind of twisted. That's a great call, too. You know, we see, we see that on display big time in something like You're Next, and even uh, even the guest is pretty cheeky. Yeah, so cheeky. That's actually what I was thinking of. Huh. Um I just love the guest, and since it was just Halloween season, I of course watched it a couple times because it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. background watches of the season. Um, the guest is great. What? Um, I mean, I feel like the um, sort of crowd pleasing, guaranteed success would be James Wan. Yeah, He's yeah. Sort of like the the ideal match given his his history with the studio, and assuming that it ends up back at New Line, which would be yeah crazy. If it didn't, considering they're the house that Freddie built. Mm-hmm. But that's that's 2019, right? Or, or Muschietti. Muschietti. I mean, it seems good. like he is off to other things, so yes. I don't think he, he would have the time for this right now. But, you know, the leap from Pennywise to Freddie isn't very difficult to make in my mind, so no, he I seems think, suited for it. I know I said this to you. I may have even said it on the podcast. I found uh, Pennywise pretty Krugery in the last film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his sort of delight he was taking in everything and uh, goofiness, a bit a bit of goofiness to yeah. him that wasn't quite there last time. I do hope that uh, if they do push go on another nightmare movie, because like usually I'm sitting here advocating for, for a new voice, like an yeah. up and comer, give them an opportunity. I think I'm so sensitive about this brand that I would like to have it, you know, rooted in a filmography that I'm very confident in. Mm. So I hope whoever they do pick to direct this has proven themselves time and time again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I get that. And I don't, I, I'm very attached to it. It's one of my favorite all-time horror titles. Um, I just like, 
horror is sort of one of those number one homes to those those up and comers who come out of nowhere with with something that blows your mind. Mm-hmm. Like an Ari Aster or a Robert Eggers, you know. Um, so original I, works. Sure, that's true. That's true. They don't tend to hand franchise keys to newcomers. Yeah. Um, but I'm just you know, I'm always open to that. Um, who directed? What about Chris Landon? Oh, that could be fun. That could be fun. That could be really fun. Yeah. That's that's sweet. I like that. Um, also, um, what's her name? Why can't I remember right now? Cause what's I'm, the movie? Raw. No, not Raw. Although Julia I love, de Cornell. Yeah, no. Um, Revenge is what I meant to say. Oh, you know what's funny is I had the same problem the other day. I forgot who I was talking to. It's those single, single I kept, word I kept R's. wanting to say uh, Isa Lopez who directed Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh, and yeah. that, was, that was like wrong. It's so funny. I was doing this exact same thing the other day, and it was driving me off my mind. And it's also a French filmmaker, right? Which is where my brain keeps going. It's also like the quick Google always lands me on the damn revenge TV show. Um, Coralie Farge. Thank you. Yes. Um, That'd be a good pick. I like her use of color, and she has (laughs) no fear of blood. Yes. That is for sure. (laughs) None at all. She stages a a tightly edited action sequence or or chase, and I find all those would be useful there. Although, you know, we haven't, she's only made one movie, so we don't really know how she would do with the more surreal aspects. But that's a movie that's so good, though, that if you only have one movie to back you up, I'd be okay with that in this case. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's a really good one. Um, I mean, maybe even Issa Lopez, too, though, with Tigers Are Not Afraid, because that has a fantastical quality to it, and I think she executes that very, very well. you know, I wouldn't say there's all that much humor in it, but the kids do have like a couple little light moments between them. And there's no, you know, there doesn't have to be humor in a, there just should be in my opinion. Who, who directed the platform? Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are going to be stoked when the platform oh, comes God. out because we I'll, won't shut up about Yeah. I'm never going to pronounce his name right. Galder. Gatelu Urushia. Ooh. I tried. Sorry. I tried. Uh, individual. I know. <laughs> we do our best with our, our <laughs> petty like American that took tongues. I like a, a full minute to try <laughs> to say that. We are not trained in the more oh, elegant sounding I want to learn how to say your name so bad. But the director of the platform, I think, could be another, That's an another uh, individual who helmed a, a recently, uh, re- not, well, not recently released, but recently viewed success. Um, there was someone else that just came to mind and I'm losing them right now. Another another uh, director who directed something fair. Oh my God! I know what I'm thinking of. Uh, Jason Lee Howden, Deathgasm, and Guns Akimbo. Huh. I haven't seen Guns Akimbo, but that's interesting. I think he'd that be a work. good fit too. I mean, not that uh, you know, like Deathgasm is satanic, but there, there's no like specific line I would draw from his past work to to Freddy's abilities, but. I think he's just like such a, a visual director and he makes such bold choices that his style could very well suit that franchise. That's interesting. For me, I don't I like the more directors we pick, the more I'm like, yeah, I could see it working like a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think that for me, maybe it might come down to more of the script more than anything. And can I ask you from a script perspective, what would you be rooting for? You know, like a straightforward remake or, or something? Do you need something different in the lore to freshen it up? Because I was not a fan of that 2010 version. I 
rarely say this, but I hate that movie. Yeah. Um, that's the exact opposite of what I'd want to see. I would want to see, um, well, that's more of a filmmaking note, but I'd want to see color. Um, mm-hmm. I'd want to see, I don't think we need to dive into making Freddie despicable. He works best when he is despicable, mm-hmm. but he is also sort of likable. Like you have to want to spend your time with him to get, however, what, what do we have? Nine of them now? There's a lot. Um, that doesn't really work if you hate that person yeah. so much as I did this new take on him in the last remake. Um, it just, it's a movie that I feel gross watching and I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> so not that. Yeah. Um, I think that the why that franchise was so successful, successful and when it was at its most successful is because it was very fun and imaginative and, and fantasy fueled. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that and it makes a... Guillermo. Guillermo. Sorry, those words made me think of him. Um, I mean, sure, I'll watch Guillermo do anything. I'm not sure that's the best use of his time, but sure. <laughs> I'd rather see him make original stories, I think. I think I'm, um, I'm in that boat right now. I, I do want to see them embrace the potential of the human mind at, at rest because that's sort of the trippy quality that makes the first. And mm-hmm. for me, it's the first and the third, and then to a lesser degree, the fifth one. Yeah. That are, like, extremely functional and really, really delicious. And mm-hmm. um, those two that I love the most are, are deeply rooted in how gross and silly and and horrifying things can be inside your mind. Like, I always think of the the puppeting scene with the tendons. That's That's all of those things at once, right? Yeah. That scene is great. That's that's what I want to see, <laughs> and and not not too serious. I think that was a big mistake. Oh yeah, not definitely not. I mean, if you if you take that quality out of it, you you remove one of its most distinctive qualities, yeah. and that would be a shame. Um, here's actually here's a good segue and another recommendation for a director: mm-hmm. Radio Silence. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty much the, like, the tone is good. Yeah, the, to- the tone is a match. Yeah. So I whole I wholeheartedly am behind that recommendation, <laughs> but why I brought them up just now is because the other thing we have to tell you about is uh, the crossbow video I did with Christian Brune from Ready or Not, which you can watch on the Collider Video YouTube channel, and you can also watch it on Collider.com, and... I think that might have been the most, one of the most fun shoots I participated in all year. One, because Christian Brune is a delight. And because two, you know how I love like weird activities like that. Learning to shoot a crossbow was such a freaking thrill. And now that I have a baby crossbow in my earthquake survival kit, I am, I know you're my doubter, but I'm fairly certain that if the zombie apocalypse happened, I would, I would have my earthquake survival kit with the baby crossbow in it. I would have Dewey's kit with Dewey in it on my back and we would just like go out in the mini Cooper. And I think I could make it across to my family on the East coast. I love the optimism. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, wait, wait. I've said what I need to say about the this crossbow, delusion. The crossbow doesn't change my chances at all. No, you're not going to freaking shoot somebody, Perry. No, I probably won't. You're done. (laughs) You are done. You have no chance in an apocalypse. You're way too nice. I'm sorry. 
you're and if you're trying to make it across all of America, do you know how know. big that? How it many is. bad people are between you and, and New how York? many like gas stops I would need for the yeah. mini super like teeny yeah. tiny tank? Um, I'm not a downer. I just think you're a good person. There, you know, not to get off track here, but that's another thing that I wish a, a zombie movie out there would dig into a little more than past ones have. And I know some of them have scratched the surface of this, but that moment of it happening and just that internal struggle of, you know, trying to fully understand if that person is that person or Mm -hmm. if they're completely gone. Oh, the zombie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like very few movies out there have dug into that darkness. Actually, probably one of the most recent examples I could find of that is the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Abigail Mm -hmm. Breslin movie. Like that's that's probably one of the you know the the more serious uh, explorations of of the turning process and what that means for a loved one. What about um similar different? But that's kind of we're we're in this emo zombie movie phase. But we like, are um, the girl with all the gifts. Yeah, has some of that. No, it does. It does. God, that really came and went. Yeah. That was so, so hot when it premiered. I, I thought it was so good, and then no one saw it. I know, and I do like it. It is good. I just, I don't think that these um, emotionally driven zombie movies have quite the same primal appeal know, that just classic zombie movies do, so they're not going to, like, reach quite the Which same Which is why audience. the wish fulfillment angle of, like, me and a Mini Cooper with a cat <laughs> and a crossbow is very appealing. But I do have some crossbow skills, apparently, because uh, we did a little one-on-one challenge, and I wasn't half bad in it. But the reason we did this video is because Ready or Not is available to own digitally on November 26th, and it's also going to be available on Blu-ray and DVD on December 3rd and you know I I can't recommend the movie enough it's hands down one of the best horror movies of 2019 it is such a blast if that is your horror vibe you will not be disappointed by this movie everyone in it is great they assembled a great ensemble but you also need to get on the Samara weaving train right now because Mm -hmm. As though she isn't already becoming a familiar name, she is going to blow up in the very near future. She's going to be huge, and she is a great lead in this movie, and I can't recommend it enough. Do you think she's going to end up in Star Wars, Marvel, or DC? Because she's going somewhere. It's a good question, and you know I like making bets on things. I'm veering away from Star Wars right now because the the future of the films is a little uncertain, yeah, but we got, I mean, it's popping off on Disney+. Plus. It's popping off on Disney+, Plus, but anything that they have announced for Disney+, Plus is bringing back familiar characters. Very true. Good point. So I feel like that closes more doors than it opens. Yeah. I feel like she would be best... I, maybe this is just because, like, I feel... <laughs> All right. This is never going to happen. We'll get a, another Harley Quinn or Birds of Prey movie. And does Harley Quinn have a sister? Because <laughs> I feel like her and Margot Robbie would be too good together. That's very funny. Uh, wait, wait until you see her in Guns Akimbo. I think that is only going to reinforce like the value of that statement. <laughs> She's so good. She would be... Um... She would be a good fit for that kind of wacky energy that yes. they seem to be trying to go into. I don't believe that Harley Quinn has a sister. Um, See, that's the thing. When I think of Marvel, I think of you know like more traditional heroes, yeah. and I feel like that would that would take away some of her best skills. I could see her really nailing the Marvel tone um, because she's really good at comedic delivery, and she's she's I imagine would look 
fucking spectacular in a super suit. She needs. I feel like she needs to be with the Guardians, though. (laughs) If she comes in in any capacity. Yeah. She would fit in that group. I guess the takeaway here is she can do anything. Yeah. And would be a great fit. No, I'm very convinced she could do I'm very convinced she can do anything, but I've seen certain qualities in her that I want to see more of. Yeah. So I feel like I'm just like shoehorning her into roles that I already know I love her in. Which maybe is how people get boxed into things in Hollywood. Sorry about that. Typecasting. (laughs) Damn. It always comes back to get you. I don't know. I look at something like um, The Babysitter, and that to me has a very cheeky kind of fun... Yeah, light tone that would I could see that being like her audition tape for the MCU, basically. Mm. All right, I would get uh, behind that. Obviously, there'd be less violence, but her performance would fit right in. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. All right, do we want to move on to our review of the episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, servant. So, I think maybe I should. Here, I'll just read you the one-sentence synopsis on IMDb. I'm so scared of spoiling anything on this show. Um, a young and troubled couple replaces their newborn baby with a lifelike doll after their child dies from health complications. I So, the re- <laughs> like, I was almost on the verge of laughing. That's a terrible uh, sentence. But so why I'm on the verge of laughing is because I watched my screeners for this knowing next to nothing about what this was about. Yeah. I think I had seen one of those, like, teeny tiny teasers and hadn't really thought about it it all that much and there's can can i all right light spoiler for episode one but it it goes into this so there's one scene in episode one where you don't get a full view of the baby and toby kebbell's character picks up the baby and it's its head hits the side of the crib and i had had a reaction to that and then all of a sudden i realized what was happening but that that was probably one of the most audible reactions dewey has witnessed me having in the apartment so that i had was, to rewind that was a thing i was like do i miss an what did i not get here i was just <laughs> like what yeah uh, but uh i've watched three episodes thus far i am very very into it and i highly recommend it yeah i watched all 10 and same i think it's really good i think it's apple tv plus is oh that does not roll off yeah, the tongue I um i think it's their best show by far so far I never, I haven't watched every episode of For All Mankind, but um, I've seen almost everything they have, and that one is the one where I'm like, oh, you've got something really special here. Mm-hmm. Um, hey everyone, it's Perry here to let you know that this episode of The Witching Hour is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for us DC fans who want to watch DC movies and shows, read our favorite DC comic books, shop exclusive merchandise, and connect with other fans. DC Universe is home to original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, Young Justice Outsiders, and starting November 29th, Harley Quinn featuring Kaylee Cuoco. This adult animated series follows Harley as she breaks things off with the Joker. Will she be the newly liberated Queen Pin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes on Fridays to find out. And if you love comic books, DC Universe is the place for you. Get access to over 20,000 digital comics all at your fingertips. This includes classic titles like The Dark Knight Returns, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Kingdom Come, and also All-Star Superman, as well as today's hottest books. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with the service. Watch new animated films like Batman, Hush, and Rain of 
Superman. You can enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD like Aquaman and Batman Beyond. You can binge watch fan favorite DC series like Constantine and Birds of Prey and also watch classic DC movies like Batman, Batman Returns and Superman. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices and with this special 14 day free trial promo code, now is really the ideal time to experience the ultimate DC membership. All you got to do is visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use the promo code collider to start your free trial. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one. Use promo code collider to start your 14 day free trial. This code is valid through December 31st, 2019. This episode of the witching hour is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. Shyamalan directed, I think, two of them and produces, if I'm not mistaken. But it's it's created and written by someone else. And I, I, I find that even more exciting than sort of the Shyamalan touch because whoever this, this writer creator is, I'm not familiar with them. Tony Bascalop. Gallop? Bascalop? Right, I'm not familiar. I don't know with their where work. which syllable to put the emphasis <laughs> on, but um, but I think that this, this um, pretty instantly, really within the first half hour mm-hmm. episode, you get a really strong sense of voice and vision, yeah. and um, the whole series is either takes place within or just outside of their apartment. It's very claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. It's very contained. Oh, it is. It's really, really. Um, I'm, I'm quite impressed with this, this creator's immediate, like, the immediacy with which they have delivered their vision. Mm-hmm. It took me one episode to be like, I completely get this. It's show. a very quick hook. Yes. Very, very quick hook. And I just am fascinated by the relationship between Dorothy and uh, Sean. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Toby Kebbell, and I think mm-hmm. he is everything in the first three episodes. I, he He's another one that. I don't know. I feel like he has been on the cusp of being not just a star, but a superstar. And I think he has the capabilities to get him there, but he's got to pick up the right projects to get to make that happen. And like, this could be one of them if word spreads about how good this is. I almost didn't recognize Lauren Ambrose. I mean, maybe she's like, maybe on a level, man, just haven't seen her in a while or I've never seen her play a role like that. But I think it's that. So I love the character of Dorothy because I find her so frustrating. (laughs) There's something about... Because usually in these types of scenarios where you've got a couple that's dealing with something that's wildly disturbing. It's like the couple has to band together in order to figure it out. And that's mm-hmm. not exactly what's happening here. There's a lot of complications in that relationship. And I find that it often leaves me feeling like, like, I mean, constantly going, no, don't do that. Like, why don't you think this? Why don't you think that? Why aren't you two working together on that? Like, and that almost is, even though it's very frustrating, it's keeping me on my toes and engaged to a certain level that is wildly effective and engrossing. Mm. I, I, I mean, I see what you mean about like a plot structure, but in general, my understanding is that if a married couple, couple loses their child, they're probably going to get divorced. Um, it, traditionally, I think the numbers point to that happening because how do you save that relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I find this approach much more interesting, which is they clearly can't really stand each other, but they're still trying to be married and make this thing. And she's on a level. I, Lauren Ambrose is 
unbelievable in this show. She's I, so good. I think Toby Kebbell's very good. I think that what is asked of him is a bit less. She has to really um, thread. It's hard. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, she has to thread a very small needle of of this woman's mental journey after the loss of her mm-hmm. child. And she is frustrating. They're all frustrating. No one in the <laughs> show is, like, a good person necessarily. They're all kind of dicks. Uh, which Tony I like. Ravalori's kind of nice. Oh, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot supporting role, and he's not a huge dick, but most of them are. And... um She's just really compelling. She's like, uh, she's a whole energy. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, she makes me the role want to go to therapy. The role looks exhausting to me. Oh it's my like, God. It's yes. like, that's a character that's at a 10, if not an 11, no matter what she's doing. She yeah. feels, I feel it, like she's at a theoretical number. Yeah. Like the, the number doesn't <laughs> even exist. You no, know, I mean, I think it's true. I think whether you're talking about, you know, the first episode and some of the struggles they're going through later on as things change and you, you realize certain things that are happening. But even, even when they cut, to, like, I love that they cut to clips of her working. Yeah. Like so, something about that I find really interesting. And when they decide to do it in the type, cause she's a, she's a broadcast news reporter and the types of stories they have her covering. Mm-hmm. And even when she's in those scenes, I still feel like then she's just like working woman 11, you know? Yeah. I, I remember very specifically the first cut to mm-hmm. her working. I'm like, that woman's insane. Yeah. She's about to lose it completely and that's kind of the the line she has to walk this whole show um i will tell you that i when i go home for the holidays and usually when my family gets together for a holiday we do binge a show Mm -hmm. i am going to highly recommend that my family watches the first three episodes of this and i would like to put money on it that my mother continues with it and winds up loving this i hope that you're right because this is what like i told you like my big talking point about the show and what makes me really mad is that First of all, it's on Apple TV Plus. That kind of sucks because nobody's going to see it. Like, yeah. the people who have that are, are just people who bought iPhones. Like, nobody, I mean, my maybe. Mom, my mom has it for a morning show. She wanted to watch oh, okay. that. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, that's a scene. <laughs> I don't hate so it. So I've heard. It's interesting. Um, I That's cool. I'm glad to hear that because I don't know a single person in my life outside of work who would even know what Apple TV Plus is, except for my best friend's husband who works for Apple. Um, And this show in particular, uh, Apple TV Plus is committed to this weekly rollout, which I think maybe for the morning show, that's a good fit, right? That's kind of a soap opera. Yeah. it's a really high production value A-list soap opera, and mm-hmm. it works. Like, you can you can sort of feed off the hour of juicy drama in that show for yeah. a week and then just easily come back into it and not have forgotten any mythology or anything important like that. Um, with this show, I think it's, first of all, it sucks you in so quickly that all you want to do is keep watching. Just keep pressing next. And it's a half hour. Mm-hmm which is not in, as much to go on week mm-hmm. to week when you're dealing with the show that is, is essentially mystery based. Yeah. Um, is, is in as just, just about the heaviest trauma you could imagine. Like to ask people to return to that every week for 30 minutes mm-hmm. is, I think that's a tough sell and a yeah. mistake. I understand why you would choose, you know, week to week in some senses, but 
this show to me feels built for the binge watch. It's absolutely they're, they're two completely different shows, but the urgency for me to get to the next episode for some reason reminds me a little bit about how I felt while watching Russian Doll. It's like oh. Russian Doll mm-hmm. was formatted for binge watch. It's like that next, next, next vibe. And like, I feel like this is giving me a very similar feeling. I agree. I mean, I. It, and because they are a half hour, like, yeah. I watched it pretty much like a movie, yeah. like a long movie. And I think it's also like even thinking about spreading the word. I think that would suit this show better because, yeah. and you know, this, this could be the fact that we exist in the bubble where my mind is going right now, but I'm also envisioning, you know, like what if it dropped all at once and then, you know, you had all these wacky headlines, like explainer <laughs> headlines. And then all of a sudden, like someone sees a crazy headline and they're like, like what is this talking? Oh, I have to watch a show before I read this article about what right. that is. I feel like that would create more urgency to see the show and then maybe get yourself some Apple TV plus. So I don't know. I just think it would have been in their best interest to release it all at once. But I agree. That's not I what's happening. Hugely agree. And I hope that it succeeds regardless. <laughs> Here's well, the thing about Apple. They don't care. They made this this platform essentially for the customers they already have mm-hmm. and to become content creators as well as content providers. They've already ordered a second season of it and they have no idea how it's going to perform. They mm-hmm. don't care. Um, they're, they're approaching this very differently than something like Netflix is, yeah. is at at their stage in the sort of evolution of a streaming service. Yeah. <sighs> but, well, but I can guarantee you I'm going to finish it. That's I, good news for us, though, because that means we're getting season two, regardless of no, no one watches it. That's true. That's true. I promise you I will finish it. And when, when the mm-hmm. time comes, we should do a full-blown spoiler review, because I have a we good feeling should. I'll be obsessed with it. I have. Um, I would be eager to discuss the sort of ending and final episode with you, because I've talked to one other person about it, and we both had a very similar reaction, which was like, oh, I don't dislike that. But I'm not 100% sold either. Okay. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Interesting. Um, just briefly, because I do want to ask, I, I, like, I want to know if my, my interpretations and certain things, like what yeah. you think about them. So I'm going to put up the, the spoiler warning right now for episodes. Oh, quick, before, yes, yes, please. before the spoiler warning. Uh, Rupert Grint is also delightful in He's this show. He's so good. I've never seen him play a character like this. His American accent is, like, good, but so much, but also really good. It's... I feel like sometimes when some folks lose their accent, their voice changes entirely. Like it doesn't sound like them anymore. Not at all. And it's that's the case with him. Maybe and that's why I keep going. Is this a good it's or like bad a accent? Little bit like a mind fuck, and I'm <laughs> loving know. it. It's so weird, but I didn't want to let the non-spoiler people not know that yeah, because yeah. It, if, especially if you're a Harry Potter diehard like myself, it's really a, a trip and a treat to see yeah. him play this role. And like accent or no accent, like he is quite good in the show. He is, and like <laughs> I said, everyone on the show is kind of a lovable dick, and that includes him. All right. Time has come. Spoiler warning for episodes one through three of Servant. I keep calling it the Servant. And the I, servant. whenever I look up information, I keep looking up the Servant, which is something else. But Servant. Drop just Servant. The, it's cleaner. So, like, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, I, it's incredible how many possibilities are swirling in my mind in regards to like what Leanne could be, but like not even what mm. she could be, but what her intentions are. Because I'm at the point where they're talking about, you know, is she trying to blackmail them? Right, right. Is it <laughs> like I'm thinking maybe just, you know, like a, a Rosemary's baby vibe? Is she trying to, to use their their sorrow and the fake baby in a way to like 
spawn the devil's baby or mm. something. It's just, and it's like that, that, you know what? So not that much keeps me awake at night. One of the things that freaks me out the most are like creepy little things that hang. Oh. So it's like the thing above the crib that's clearly <laughs> conjuring something or even like the symbols in the woods and Blair Witch. I was like, just going to say Blair that, Witch that did that freaks to you. Me out. I'll never forget. Did you get this package for the following a million years ago where they they sent like a creepy like wood configuration with like this like a like a ball of twine in the middle or there's some <laughs> shit like that because I got it in the mail and we oh I opened it up because I was uh, living on Long Island at the time my mom was with me and she's like like did someone send you a package of anthrax we should put that in the tray like she didn't <laughs> want it in the house it was so eerie looking that's hilarious I but, uh, uh, I do remember the Comic Con where. They gave out the Edgar Allan Poe mask from the following, I, and it was just a horrific yeah, city to I walk think around I got after one of that. Those too, but there there was some like <laughs> creepy like twig thing I got at some point. Um, but yeah, I like I'm still very much in the stages of 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 just trying to to figure it out. I've seen the part where uh, Rupert Grint and the uh, the PI go to her burnt down home, and we come to learn that the whole family perished in the fire. But like, I don't know, like. I'm assu- I'm assuming what happened is Leanne didn't come back from the dead. I am assuming she is some sort of, you know, like she was in a crazy state and she killed her parents and now she's on mm. to terrorize something else. Like I'm I'm assuming some sort of uh you know, like a satanic cult kind of thing got to her, she sacrificed them and now she's on to the next stage. Hmm. I will say that what I like about the show is that it doesn't <clears throat> doesn't make any answer obvious and like i said uh the person i've discussed we both got to the end and we were like okay maybe i need to sit on that yeah but it didn't feel like it came out of left field um and i also don't feel that i ever fully had a read on what was going on fully you definitely like start to put it together but it does a good job what i'm trying to say ineloquently is that um it does a really good job of building continual mystery and delivering a satisfying conclusion that doesn't feel like it came out of nowhere just to surprise you. Okay. I I think that's exactly what I would want yeah. in a show like this. Yeah. Okay. The the splinter thing is, is flipping me the fuck out because I don't like splinters. Oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> no, who likes splinters? They're shit. But that's such an effective mechanism. It, re- it really is. I really like that episode. Gosh, this show is such a journey in it's, these short episodes. I forgot about the splinters. There's certain things that are very clever. I found and the, the eel oh very God, disturbing. The eel, the eel thing. And it's like, I don't even know what to make of the eel thing because I feel like that represents a bigger arc for Leanne than, I, that I've, mm. than what I fully realized because it's just like she clearly she clearly has a reaction to seeing the eel being killed and cooked and it's like it's like what happens in her mind to change her tune and it's like also thinking about you know going down my line of thought if she did kill her parents and now she's on to you know wreak havoc on another family Hmm. like why the sensitivity towards killing an eel Mm mm-hmm I don't to be know. fair, it is. I had no idea that's how you do that, and it is one of the it's more awful. disturbing things I've ever seen. I'll probably no, never order eel I, again. I'm, I've never ordered eel to oh, begin with, but I delicious. I can guarantee you, I will never order it from now on. That is extremely alarming. It was horrifying, and I I really appreciate that about this show. Um, my 
you know, obviously it's not a it's not a cannibal show, but I do think it it taps into sort of the the cruelty, the decadent cruelty of cuisine in the best way anyone has since Hannibal. And also, there's so much wine, so it's like you bring yes. up Hannibal, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, this does make sense. There there is something. Yeah, no, there is something about like because he's he's a chef. Yeah, and also the the artistry that he brings to every single thing that he cooks, and also the way that they film the mm-hmm. end product. There is something about that. That's all. Oh my! Now you're making my mind spin out of control a little bit in terms of like how do I how do I add some sort of eating like like a horror version of eating into my my theory scenario. Oh, interesting. Like is someone ingesting something to produce something evil in some capacity? Because, Hmm. I mean, at one point, the splinter is in him. Yeah. Yeah, I will say I have uh, questions that maybe aren't entirely answered by the end, which is is part of why I think both me and it it was Allie from the dot-com I was discussing this with. uh, Both of us were like... Did she finish all 10 episodes? Yeah. Because I will be slacking her the second yeah. I finish. <laughs> yeah, she did. And we both really, really liked it a lot. And uh, But we both on the ending were like, like I said, not angry, not underwhelmed, just like processing. Okay. And I do think part of that, that response is that I definitely, definitely don't have all my questions answered, but I have enough to be like um, content and I do want to revisit it. Now, knowing those things and see see if certain things make more sense now, like the things you've asked about, like the eel, I still don't quite understand her reaction to that. That's what's so exciting to me, too, about a about a 30 minute episode series, too. It's like. You know, not not to say that I don't like hour-long TV viewing. I, f- I freaking love it. But just from the perspective of we have so much content in our lives right now that it, it really excites me that I get to watch all of the Servant. All, ah. again, all of Servant right now. And then I also like the fact that all the questions aren't answered because that does tee up a second season, which you need to do. Yeah. So then when season two comes out, it's not a daunting chore to re-watch the entirety hmm. of it to get myself all psyched for season two. I, I don't know. It's just... In the day and age we live what we live in right now where there's not enough hours in the day, something makes me feel closer to the show to have that kind of accessibility and the ability to rewatch before I go on. I get that. Yeah, I'm a, I I'm a big rewatcher, rereader. I I find that a content you art that you love. I hate calling it content. Um only grows richer the more you you per, partake of it yeah. and, and interact with it. And um so I I feel what you're saying very deeply because um, being overwhelmed with content has sort of often robbed me of one of my favorite um, aspects of, of yeah. enjoying it. Like I've re- I don't I don't have the time to sit there and fully pay attention and rewatch the way that I watched the first time around. But I have seen Watchmen um, the first six episodes I've seen each four times. Oh, boy. And seven and eight I've both seen twice. Now, again, I'm only really truly watching that first time. Yeah. But I will put it on loop in the okay. background okay. so that I can notice new it's details. a lot of Watchmen. Um, well, it's like one of my favorite things yeah. that was ever created. It's if they... If they fuck up that last episode oh boy. i will be devastated i'm gonna hope that doesn't happen uh, for you. but that's a that's yeah. another show that i hear the most wonderful things about i've only watched episode one and mm-hmm. i plan on doing the binge when it's done mm-hmm. i guess it yep yeah, i binged it i wish i hadn't 
Um, but that's your life to oh, live. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm it's, definitely, it's really a lot to process. I definitely have binge watch brain right now where that, yeah. that is just the viewing style that I think I have been veering to lately. I had to, to write the review. Mm-hmm. I definitely wish I had more okay. time to absorb each piece. That's probably I gotcha. why I've rewatched it so much is because there's so much in every single episode that, um, when you watch them all straight through, you're invariably missing mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Um, but I do, I love that show probably more than anything else this year. Well, I'll get there eventually, and we'll discuss that in addition to the complete season one of Servant. That's all we have time for today. And I feel like you guys, like, it's Thanksgiving today, right? Like, go oh, celebrate with your families. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> no, you can listen. You can listen to this. <laughs> because eat food. Because, like, we give you a good suggestion yes. <laughs> to go watch some content with your family if they're above a certain age later tonight. Yeah. So enjoy that. And if you're watching this on Saturday, I hope you had a really good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope you did too. I hope you, you did some Black Friday shopping and got everything <laughs> your your heart desired. Uh, Haley, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch and on Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Pete Emeroff. Oh, again. Real quick, if you are watching, Stop. if no, mm-hmm. listening. Okay, our, our new schedule has me so confused. If you are listening to this on Thursday, uh, my full review of Servant will have just posted yes. on the dot com. So read that. Go read that. Again, I hope you're all having a wonderful holiday. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. And uh, more holidays are upon us. More holidays. <laughs> another horror movie right around the corner. Yeah. But we can't talk about that now. That's the end of this episode. You have officially survived the witching hour. Napa know how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.